Kevin McCullough Radio, breaking news as it happens, what it means, and why it matters. We've got a very important set of discussions. Kelsey Bowler weighs in on the debate from last night. Dr. Michael Youssef joins me on a new project he's involved with. And Shelly Goldberg with some parenting helps. Stay here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is making a return appearance to that Kevin show. She was with us last spring as we were talking about the uh, Slave Liberation Project with Christian Solidarity International. But she has since had a baby, <laughs> taken the summer to welcome that new life into uh, this world, and she is still fighting the good fight with the Independent Women's Forum and the Independent Women's Voice. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Kelsey Bowler. Hello, lady. Hey, Kevin. It is so great to be back. How are you holding up? Well, I appreciate that question. I'm not going to pull a Meghan Markle and start crying on you. Thank uh, you. Because <laughs> I am nothing but blessed to have three adorable little babies. My oldest one just, just turned four, so it's definitely a handful. Honestly, um, it, it is good to hear your voice again. I always appreciate the opportunity to chat with you. Yeah. Well, the reason that I feel like your voice is so important is because you've spent much of the last two to three, four years reporting on things that nobody else has. And in fact, had it not been for a lot of your legwork, uh, even for the Independent Women's Forum, the country would not have a really vital go-to resource in terms of uh, the story of what's happening with kids that are detransitioning from uh, the transitioning path that they were on and this story is as vital as anything and it and it plays into the larger story which is the educational process in our country the attack on parents the lack of of uh, parental sovereignty in their own home and being able to make the, the most important decisions for and with their kids and i want to start not on that topic but on the topic of the debate if that's what you could call it this week that went down, uh, it was, and I, I have very strong feelings about this, Kelsey. I think these debates are a waste of time. There seems to be almost nothing of substance that is being communicated and, and put out there in terms of the biggest challenges our country is facing, whether it be national security or domestic policy, and in this case, the issue of parents. So let me ask you, from the standpoint of what you've seen from the debates, particularly the one this week, where is the rest of the Republican field on trying to uh, protect parents and bring back into some sort of accountability the state versus the parents when it comes to their children? Yeah, well, first off, I am with you. I think it's time that Republicans consider a new debate format where we can have more substance. Uh, so much of the media has turned to new media platforms like your own, like podcasts, which you can have a much more um, a, a debate filled with much more substance. So I think a lot of us would like to uh, move in that direction. Um, that said, we we did uh, fortunately get a question about gender ideology and the subversion of parental rights in the classroom, in the public school system, and even some private schools. Um, it was good to hear most of Republicans, um, you know, push back on that, take the right stance that uh, parents deserve or to know what's going on in their children's classrooms. And of course, if there's anything regarding their child's mental health happening, they need to know that's pretty basic. Um, I, I think Doug Bergram could have been actually stronger on this. We know he didn't actually um, implement policies protecting parents in his own state. I do think he is weaker on that issue. To be honest, I don't think he has much of a shot um, uh, becoming president anyways, but he is, a, he is a figure. He could become a cabinet member, and it's important for the entire Republican Party to understand the extent of what's happen, happening in this space, because sometimes I ask myself, you know, are we paying, are, are we paying too much 
attention to these individuals who identify as transgender um, and detransitioners, which proportionately are a pretty um, small group of the American population. But what gender ideology ultimately is, is a subversion of truth. It's not just about this small population that identifies as, as, as transgender um, or non-binary, whatever it is these days. It's the effect that it's having on all children. Um, you don't have to have a biological male competing on a women's team to already be realizing the effects that this ideology is having on that team when coaches are are no longer allowed to refer to girls as girls and, um, you know, have to toe this politically correct line. It's really an, an all attempt to erase womanhood. And it has a serious effect on girlhood, on, on, on our young girls' um, development and in future. That's why I think that Republicans, by and large, deserve more than one question about this in a debate. I feel like it is not just an attack on parents. It's an attack on women, as you just pointed out. And it's, and it's an attack on the, uh, the, the, the children of our nation, which do not belong to the state. They belong to we, their parents, that are responsible for them legally before the law, morally before God. This, this is, they're, they're interfering in, in areas and ways that that we've never allowed before. And what I would like to see more of is a, a very direct laying of all of this at the feet of Joe Biden. He came into office and in one of his first moves, insisted upon that this gender ideology would be spread throughout the public school system, and he threatened tax dollars to districts that wouldn't go along with it. This has been something that was forced into the conversation by the other side as radically as it possibly could be. Absolutely, and that's why on the debate stage we do need to see Republicans taking a strong stance against this. I certainly support federalism, which uh, was a piece of the response that we heard in the debate this week. Um, it's, you know, states do have a responsibility here to implement these policies when it comes the right, the correct policies when it comes to education. But again, the the subversion that is happening um, is so drastic and such an attack on basic family formation that it is absolutely necessary that any GOP leader be speaking about this issue with clarity, with moral authority, and without fear. I think that is part of the reason Ron DeSantis, um, you know, has the platform that he does, and we we want to see him continue um, with that stance. We heard uh, recently on an interview with Megyn Kelly, former President Donald Trump, you know, had kind of a strange response when asked, can a man become a woman? Um, that shouldn't, you shouldn't have to think about that answer. Of course, a man cannot become a woman and vice versa. That said, I do think Trump as well has, um, you know, had good policies. He is on the right side of this. Um, he perhaps just needs to work on his response a little bit. <laughs> I think we need to bludgeon Biden with it. And I just think we need to let every parent and every uh, woman know that his policies are working to undermine uh, women's safety and parental and family units. It's somebody who identify, you know, in his administration, we have a male who identifies as a woman who is encouraging had a couple, the medi yes. yeah, medicalization of children. And that individual um, waited to pursue the medical path until he had his own biological children. What he's doing is taking that ability away from children who uh, we know if they do pursue this path, their fertility, their ability to have any sort of normal sex life is very much That's at a risk. vital point that you're making right there. And it's right. Um, and the left, I just don't think, has um, a deep love for children. I'm sorry. People convince me otherwise. Uh, I haven't seen it. Uh, Kelsey Bowler, it is so good to see you. Thank you for being back with us, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you, Kevin. You got it. Kevin McCullough, don't go away. Retirement is expensive, and inflation is making it even harder with the cost of everything going up from pet food to a dozen eggs. Wouldn't it be great? 
if the cost of your health care could go down. Well, MediShare 65 Plus is $99 a month for ages 65 to 74. And for many with Medicare Parts A and B looking at other options, that's 50% or more saved per month. No gimmicks. It's $99 a month, and you can use any Medicare-approved doctor or facility, and you get 24-7 access to telehealth from the convenience of your home. Better yet... MediShare is a Christian nonprofit organization. It's a community that will pray for you and encourage you. And since we've cut out the middleman, you get to keep the savings. Call now. You can learn more about MediShare 65+. Plus. Here's the number. 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. Kevin Cottrell Coffee with Kevin. WMCA is excited to announce our first live prayer in Times Square broadcast. That's right. We're going to be broadcasting prayer and worship from Times Square on Monday afternoon, October 16th from 3 to 6, from right in front of the Red Steps. Mark your calendars and tune in for a special three-hour broadcast. Kevin McCullough and I will be featuring interviews and prayers from local pastors and ministries on matters affecting our city. Amidst the interviews and prayers from our city, you'll catch live music from local church choirs and worship teams. Imagine prayer and worship in the heart of Times Square. Join us in prayer now as we anticipate this WMCA first ever live prayer in Times Square. It's going to be powerful and we invite you to join us either in person or on the radio. Monday afternoon, October 16th from 3 to 6. This event is sponsored by the Salvation Army. For more information, visit WMCA.com. AM 570 and 102.3 FM, the mission WMCA. Listen online at WMCA.com. Tune in on iHeart Alexa or Odyssey.com. This is a special notice to all U.S. taxpayers with back taxes to the IRS. Billions in tax relief is now being made available to struggling taxpayers, giving thousands, even tens of thousands of dollars in savings away to those who qualify. If you're facing wage garnishment, threatening letters, audits, liens, levies, or already in a payment plan, you can now expedite the resolution to your tax problem, end collections, and even qualify to reduce a large portion of what you owe. Stop IRS Debt has established a relief hotline for you to call to check what savings and options you qualify for. Dial 800-759-3413. With many people facing job loss and rising cost of living, these special IRS initiatives are designed to aid delinquent taxpayers with the relief that they need to get a fresh start. For a free consultation to see what savings you qualify for, call 800-759-3413. 800-759-3413. 800-759-3413. All right, Kevin McCullough, every week I promise you that the one, the only Mike Connors of Connors & Sullivan will be here to answer one of your questions about uh, different things, end-of-life planning, uh, estate planning, uh, elder care, everything in between. Uh, And, Mike, this week's question comes from Peter, who's in Bayside, and he says, Dear Mike, what is a reverse mortgage, and do I need one? Then he says, have a good day. (laughs) So that's kind of nice. Mike Connors (laughs) does the the nice guy need a, need a, a reverse mortgage. A reverse mortgage is a mortgage against your house, which you don't have to pay back until either when you sell the house or after you're gone. And it is very good for some people that have limited incomes. They can access the equity in their house. They don't have to pay it back where they're alive, which means, of course, if they don't make payments, they don't lose their house. If you get a regular home equity line of credit, if you get a regular home equity line of credit and you don't make the payments, you lose your house. If right. you get a reverse mortgage, you don't lose your house. Even if the loan, let's say your house is worth 500 and the loan is 600, you still can live there the rest of your life. Um, but then it does get paid back when you're gone, obviously. You know, whether somebody needs it or not, depends on their financial situation. But I've seen people that are living off their Social Security checks. They have no, you know, no... Uh, leeway at all. They're living week to week, month to month off their checks. And in some cases, uh, you know, reverse mortgage can be a lifesaver. Well, friends, if you'd like to know more, uh, call the experts at Connors and Sullivan. They can help you uh, set it up and do it the right way. 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. And any questions you have about uh, your end of life or um, state care, uh, state law, elder care, any of those questions, uh, they are more than happy to answer for you. Not only when you call the office, but Mike will answer more of them on his radio show, Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock on AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission. 
And Sunday morning, starting at 11 on AM 970, The Answer. And you send those questions to askmikeconnors at gmail.com, askmikeconnors at gmail.com. Mike Connors, as always, thank you so much. Thank you, Kevin. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors & Sullivan Broadcast Studio. Breaking news as it happens. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is someone that I am always thrilled to be able to talk to because not only has he lived a life of longevity with one simple message to his, uh, to, to his life and to his uh, ministry and his calling on this uh, planet, but he does so with winsomeness, with a smile, with a word of encouragement, and he does so in a way that causes people to think. I'm talking about the author of the brand new book, How to Read the Bible as If Your Life Depends on It, Dr. Michael Youssef. Hello, sir. Hello, Kevin. So good to see you. Last time we were able to be together, it was in person in studio. But, man, yeah. that was before COVID and a whole bunch of other stuff has gone. I know. Um, yeah. you, th- we're going to get into the context of your book, How yes. to Read the Bible. And the subtitle is all important, as if yeah. your life depends on it. Um, but I want to give us some context for this book first. Sure. You well, you, you minister in Atlanta, and you yep. are in a very, very um, active community state, one that's important to the next presidential election. There's all kinds yep. of things that are crisscrossed right outside your, your church's doorsteps. Yep. Um, what do you make of where we are in 2024 right now? Well, it's a big mess, <laughs> to, to say the least. For us, at least from our eyes, uh, it's a mess. But from God's eyes, it is not. Hmm. He's got it all worked out. He's got the plan. He's Nobody can thwart his plans. But from a human point of view, still you cannot help but feel uh, that a state that has been for 20 years really becoming conservative, becoming uh, very uh, thoughtful in their approach. They moved a long way away from the old days. And then all of a sudden, uh, the, the kind of the, 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 the bottom fell off the uh, bag. And and, uh, and then with the, I'm told there are about 100,000 moving in here every month. Wow. And they're coming from your way. And, and sadly, you know, the message sometimes I give when I'm locally, I tell them, I said, look, you come here. Don't turn it into the places that you left <laughs> because, <laughs> because that's a mess. You well, left you're running away from one thing. Why would you want to take it with you? Exactly. And, uh, so, but the, 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 the state, I was just having uh, lunch today with one of the leaders of the state government and the state is changing uh particularly the atlanta now the rest of georgia is remaining stalwart and strong but the city of atlanta where that influx of uh, others who are coming in from other parts of the country is is really changing and we have been able to get a republican senator elected in the last three years well, Dr. Youssef, uh, as you know, I'm I'm not uh, a hardcore Republican or Democrat. I want I want not, godliness yeah. and common sense to to Amen. take hold. But I do not believe that the parties are neutral on very important issues, and so therefore right. I tend to sound like I'm more one than the other for sure. But let right. me ask you about this, and I think it's something that the nation's grappling with. I wrote a piece for Town Hall on Sunday that talked about 5.9 million people. Coming into our country, we don't yeah. know where they're from. We don't know who they're, who they are. And yeah. as many as 1.8 million of those have come across without any, without even being stopped, just getting away right. into the influx of the country. Now you, yeah. you're Egyptian by background. Right. You very care very much about the Middle East. You were yeah. here on 9-11. You know what has gone on in our country. Yeah. We, without a, a, is there a Christian ethic to a southern border being established? Absolutely. I think uh, laws uh, and government that are given by God, according to Romans 13, to protect the citizenry. In fact, the federal government has only two roles, is to protect uh, the citizens and defend them, and, and none of the other stuff that has in, increased by, with time. But I can tell you, and I speak as an immigrant, when I immigrated to this country, I had to, and my family, we had to go through uh, medical examination 
not by our doctor, local doctor that we go to, but the embassy, the American embassy doctor. Uh, we had to prove that uh, we have clearance from the tax department that we owe no taxes in the country that we're in. We had to prove a police report that we have no records, police records in the countries we come from. All of that, and when you think about it, I had to sign an affidavit. I've never been involved with a communist party or a communist apparatus. Yeah. And all of that was fine. We, we, I never complained. I thought it was wonderful. And because that's what a country's supposed to be, is protecting their citizens. But when you open a border under the guise of compassion, that's not compassion. Especially when you bring in criminals in order, I mean, imagine me as a father. I would open my door to criminals to come into my house where, you know, my family is not protected. That's, I would be very irresponsible. In fact, I, I would be a, a, a partner in crime. And that is what is happening to us as a nation. God gave us a government in order to protect the citizenry. Now we're opening the doors that criminals come in here, attack the citizens, loot the shops, do whatever you want to do. There are no consequences. And that is absolutely a miscarriage of responsibility and justice for any nation. It doesn't matter which nation, any nation. And all nations have laws that we are saying, let the lawless come in and destroy our country. We're speaking with Dr. Michael Youssef, who is the uh, senior pastor at the Church of the Apostles in Atlanta, Georgia, and has a wonderful media ministry. He's heard coast to coast on leading the way uh, every single day, including here in New York City uh, and on many of the Salem stations that would be associated with the Salem News Channel. Uh, Dr. Youssef, let me ask you another question before we get into sure. the discussion of your book, and that is, uh, in this coming election, there's going to be a lot said. In fact, California just passed uh, a law yesterday. The governor of California signed it into law. They are going to fine schools that choose to take out books from their library that deal with critical race theory in an offensive way or are more or less pornographic in terms of what yeah. they have in them. And by that, friends, I'm not I'm not overstating this. These are literally books where if parents take them to school board meetings and try to read them to the school board, they right. get shut down and escorted out of the meeting because they're That's so right. profane. But yeah. the governor of California is saying he will not let them be taken out of school libraries, and he's going to fine the school districts if they try to. Dr. Youssef, what is this? It's satanic. That's all it is. From our Christian point of view, it's, not, it's pure satanic activities. The destruction of the family is Satan's desire from day one. He destroyed the marriage of Adam and Eve by having a rebel against God. And he has been trying to do this ever since. He's First of all, of course, he's trying to have a, a, a conduct a coup d'etat to unseat God from his throne. And then he got thrown out of heaven with third of the angelic being. And they are creating havoc. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that Satan is now sensing that his time coming to an end. And he does not know the times. Even Jesus said he did not. And only the Father knows the moment where the world is going to end. But he senses it. He, he, he can read the tea leaves, of it, as it were. And he feels that his time is coming to an end. And therefore, he is intensifying his activities and turning the very government that we need, we need to protect us to work against us and against our children. The interesting thing about that statement right there is that it sets us up to come back from this next break and talk about why you need to read the Bible as though your life depends on it. Dr. Michael Youssef, stay here. AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission, WMCA. Very excited to be with you, Kevin McCullough and Michael Woolworth from the Bible League. Michael, every year we say this is the time where we're, we're going we're gonna to get Bibles to people who need them. And every time we get a Bible in somebody's hands for the last 85 years, Bible League has been able to trace that about 12 people come to faith in Christ because of it. That's a, that's a stunning return on investment, if I do yeah. say so. You know what? After eight and a half decades, we, we see this trend with confidence. We can say that every time a Bible hits the hands of a heart,
heart-hungry believer. They share him, uh, the Christ, with, with others. And people come to Saving Faith very, very quickly. And so about a dozen people impacted for every Bible today. Let me share with you that the, the names of, uh, of three people praying for Bibles right now. Danilo's in the Philippines, a former Buddhist. He's a brand-new Christian. This year, he's praying for a Bible in the, the, uh, the uh, Tagalog uh, language. Adesh is in Nepal. He's a tour guide near uh, Mount Everest in the Himalayan mountains. He uh, came to faith not too long ago. He's praying for a Bible. And then Tian is in uh, Vietnam, Kevin. He's led about 20 people to Christ. He's done it without a Bible, if you can believe that. He's praying for a Bible. And some listeners doing something about it. We've heard from Della, Bert, thank you, Susan, Francesca, Miguel, and John, all getting involved as uh, Bible senders. Kevin, we have friends in another part of the country that want to match every single gift. They see the enthusiasm. They see where we're at. We're moving toward this goal of blessing 4,000 Bibleist believers. We need to do that as quickly as we can. And they've said we want to match every single gift that's made today. That's the that's why you need to call right now, friends. We don't want to lose the advantage of this match. And if you call in the next 10 minutes, your gift will absolutely be matched. 1-800-937-9673. Don't put it off later. Don't put it off next week or, or yesterday that you have now. And right now, the, the match is underway. 800-937-9673. 1-800-YES-WORD or go to WMCA.com. Did you know that you've got choices, that there can be a better way? Did you know that you've got choices? Call Dr. Theater me today. Do you want two choices, a much better way? Do you want two choices? Call Dr. Theater me today. Did you know that you've got choices, that there can be a better way? Did you know that you've got choices? Call Dr. Lederman today. Two on two choices, a much better way. Two on two choices, call Dr. Lederman today. Dr. Lederman, Cancer Treatment, 1384 Broadway. This is Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com for Town Hall. The Joe Biden presidency has careened from one disgrace and debacle to another, and voters have not just noticed, but are now rejecting Biden in droves. Even in two normally friendly media polls this weekend, Biden hit new lows on job approval and the economy. That was not the worst of the news in the surveys, either. The Washington Post actually repudiated its own survey as an outlier when it showed Donald Trump with a 10-point lead over Biden. The NBC News poll had an even broader rejection of Biden. 74% of all voters expressed significant concerns over Biden's mental and physical health. 59% of all voters called these concerns major, clearly demonstrating that Biden has lost the confidence of a bipartisan majority of American voters. Voters turned against Biden two years ago after his disgraceful abandonment of Americans and allies in Afghanistan. The longer they look at Biden, the less confidence they have in his leadership and even his basic competence. I'm Ed Morrissey. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors & Sullivan Broadcast Studio. confusion, amplifying truth, and pursuing clarity. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us and honored to have my friend and someone who I really uh, esteem as a mentor in some ways. Uh, I get to hear him on the radio in New York City every single day, but he's heard on hundreds of stations across the country. He's seen on television leading the way as his broadcast ministry. He's a pastor in the Atlanta, Georgia area, which has been the center point of much controversy and a lot of focus in the last uh, few years. And so I just think he's a prophetic voice for a very important time. And Dr. Michael, Yousef, you have written a new book. It comes out on November 7th. It's titled How to Read the Bible as If Your Life Depends on It. That's a little apocalyptic, don't you think? It is, and deliberately so, because I used to be part of the mainline denominations. 
And I left when we lost the battle for the Bible, once the undermining of the scripture, and started with all kinds of your interpretation. Now they they deny it altogether. Now that same argument that I experienced or, or lived 40 years ago, that I'm reliving it with the evangelical churches. You get mega churches uh, all over the country who are telling people, well, you can't really uh, defend the Bible, and therefore uh, don't defend it. Uh, and, and the truth is, this book has taken me 52 years to write in reality because it, it basically it's a condensing of my entire life and ministry and my conviction of the authority of the Word of God as inspired by the Holy Spirit, as infallible Word of God. Of course, the Bible exposes people's failures and sin and judgment and so forth. Those are things that are important. The Bible doesn't take the characters and wash them and uh, starch them and put them in a cellophane paper and put them on a pedestal and say, now be like that. No, they show us warts and all. So the Bible is trustworthy and must be believed if a person is going to be eternally saved and making it to heaven must do what Jesus did. He affirmed the authority of the Old Testament, which was his Bible. He quoted Noah. He quoted from Jonah. He quoted from Daniel. He basically said, I came to complete the Old Testament. I often say the Old Testament is like a house but lacks a roof. And so the New Testament is that roof that makes that house complete. And so those who are going around in the evangelical world saying, let's dump the Old Testament, it's like going and say, your your building is a beautiful building, but the foundation, we can't see it, we don't need it, let's bomb it. Well, how long would the building stay? I've spoken with pastors here in the New York area, Dr. Youssef, and it's interesting because people that are scriptural centric uh, are having a bit of an explosion in ministry right now. And I don't think that there's a mystery as to why. I think it's because the world is such a mess that people are turning to places where they can get actual truth and have actual power from that truth impact their actual lives and see actual change in people that they, that they didn't see or didn't believe would happen, et cetera, et cetera. Then you have people like the ones you're describing who are wanting to untether the themselves and they may be mega churches now but I, I, I question if they stay on this path what their influence will be in 5 10 15 years because generally when you unplug from the power source yeah. you generally lose the energy behind the power that drives you that's exactly right that's exactly right as I call it, they're digging a hole and the more they dig the more they are buried in that hole and unfortunately but you're exactly right it's just a matter of time and maybe God is already starting to separate the sheep from the goats hmm. uh, and the wheat from the chaff. Maybe the separation already begun. But regardless of that, I think you're exactly right. It's just a matter of time when the, the genuine believers, those who know and love Jesus, are going to say, I am t- I'm not going to put up with this. I need to go where I, people who trust the word of God to be the word of God. Well, and from the standpoint that the Word of God is powerful and effective and changes lives and changes hearts, when you, again, unplug the power source, change stops happening. And I would think that in a world that's as mixed up as we are right now, people would want things to be different. That's what they're looking for. That's why they're looking for that hope. If someone doesn't read the Bible presently, what would your invitation be to them? Well, this is what actually drove me to to write the book, because 10% of believers, of Christians, read the Bible daily. 18% read it uh, maybe once or twice a week. Now I'm saying, how can you say, I am breathing uh, today, so I'm not going to breathe tomorrow? And that biblical illiteracy, really, is what brings us full circle to what we started with. It's biblical illiteracy that's bringing this kind of mess that we're in, morally, psychologically, spiritually, sociologically and therefore I am pleading with people everywhere please read my book but don't ever use any of my books as a substitute for the word of God this book is going to make you so excited so enthusiastic about reading the word of God that you will never stop reading the word of God that's really the purpose of the book that's powerful Dr. Youssef it's far too long in between our visits thanks for stopping by my pleasure thank you Kevin you got it completely gone. All of our memories being wiped out.
away. The rain is what got 20 minutes of sheer terror. You can feel it in your body. I watched the fire move down the canyon. The rumbling of the house. My son started screaming, we're going to die, we're going to die. In the name of Jesus, we are not going to die. At Samaritan's Purse, we bring spiritual and physical aid to hurting people around the world. We go into dangerous situations because in disaster, in disease, in war, Jesus calls us to love our neighbor, to heal the sick, feed the hungry, restore the broken. All who work and volunteer with Samaritan's Purse follow the example of Jesus. We go to serve, not to be served. And we go in Jesus' name. Join us at SamaritansPurse.org. That's SamaritansPurse.org. Listen to More Like Jesus with Pastor Dave Gustafson. 2 Timothy 3 again. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Tune in Monday through Friday evenings at 6.30. The benefit of studying scripture is as we develop this habit and it starts to reshape our brains, it prepares us for anything that God might want us to do in life. More Like Jesus on WMCA. Chris Hassel and Mike Golick Jr. taking college football Saturday night to Tobacco Road for a football game. How about that? The Dukies hosting your Irish. Not just a basketball school, the undefeated Blue Devils. Mm. And their great quarterback, Riley Leonard, getting set to welcome in Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame stud quarterback, Sam Hartman. Join us this Saturday. Our coverage begins at 7.30. That's Duke first, Notre Dame. College football Saturday night at 7.30 on AM 570 WMCA. Download the AM570 The Mission mobile app on iTunes, Google Play, or listen on WMCA.com, TuneIn, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com. Hi, Kevin McCullough. You've all helped support MyPillow and their employees in these tough economic times. Mike Lindell knows this and continues to give back to listeners with deals on his most popular products. You've heard me recently speak about the MySlippers, the Giza Sheets, the MyPillow 2.0, and more. But some great news, the MyPillow six-pack bath towel sets are back in stock. They're extremely absorbent and still provide that cushiony, soft wonderfulness that you look for in a towel. The set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, two washcloths. Regular price, $79.98. For a limited time, you can get this six-pack towel set for only $39.99 with promo code WMCA. That's a 50% savings. So go to MyPillow.com or call 800-651-0798 and use promo code WMCA to save 50% on the MyPillow six-pack towel sets. That's MyPillow.com or 800-651-0798. 800-651-0798. Kevin Cottrell Coffee with Kevin. WMCA is excited to announce our first live prayer in Times Square broadcast. That's right. We're going to be broadcasting prayer and worship from Times Square on Monday afternoon, October 16th from 3 to 6, from right in front of the Red Steps. Mark your calendars and tune in for a special three-hour broadcast. Kevin McCullough and I will be featuring interviews and prayers from local pastors and ministries on matters affecting our city. Amidst the interviews and prayers from our city, you'll catch live music from local church choirs and worship teams. Imagine prayer and worship in the heart of Times Square. Join us in prayer now as we anticipate this WMCA first ever live prayer in Times Square. It's going to be powerful, and we invite you to join us either in person or on the radio. Monday afternoon, October 16th from 3 to 6. This event is sponsored by the Salvation Army. For more information, visit WMCA.com. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors & Sullivan Broadcast Studio. If it's happening in New York or across the globe, learn why it matters first on Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, friends, uh, Shelly Goldberg is back with us, and we are talking about uh, on the Parenting Express every week. We're just we're just taking simple little things that you can do to become a better parent uh, and and help you manage the whole task of parenting a little bit better. Shelly, I was thinking about you earlier in the show when Kelsey Bowler was with me, and you know she's just had her third, and she's got three now under four, um, and you know we we forget some of us that have gotten a little ways down the path just. 
how sometimes it seems overwhelming uh, for parents to face the uh, the idea of parenthood. Um, but that's why we do this. We do this to help people. Um, and you started a series last uh, time we were together on the whole issue of stress. And I, I can't wait to talk about uh, the next chapter. Well, thank you, Kevin. This is something we're going to revisit uh, over and over again because uh, the stress levels are just through the roof. Right. You know, whether it's the economy, I mean, just even going back to school in September for kids, that's overwhelming. Uh, it's overwhelming for mom and dad. You can only imagine what it's like for your kids. So we're going to come up with tips. We're going to share them with your audience, and we'll dip in and out of this throughout the year. Uh, here are ways to de-stress your kids, mom and dad, and also to de-stress yourself. Number one, just ask. Ask your kids. When you're feeling overwhelmed, stressed, anxious, if you ask Jonathan, for example, Kevin, he might say to you, you know, Dad, when I ride my bike, I forget everything. <laughs> That's what I love to do the best. <laughs> so ask and observe. And that toolbox is worth a fortune. Because that's where you can help kind of motivate your kids, move them. You know, when you see that they're stressed out by life, by everything that's going on, you can remember that Jonathan loves to ride his bike or he loves to, you know, to sit down with a box of Legos. So, again, just ask and observe. That's number one. Number two, you want to teach your kids to have a positive mindset. And this is going to go on for a lifetime, but certainly until they're 18 years of age. What does that mean? You want to teach them to identify what they can and cannot control. You can't control the COVID pandemic, but you can control taking care of your health, getting a great night's sleep, eating healthy. If you don't like your friends, you can control making a decision that you're going to go and attempt to make new friends. So learning the difference between what you can and cannot control. Also, you want to teach your kids to see that there's good there's something good happening in everything, even something that's stressing them out. You want, it's almost teaching them reflexive, reflexively to ask themselves, there's got to be something good in this. Mm. What's the good in this? And sit down and help them find out what it is. Three, teach your kids that to add the word yet to the end of a sentence. So when your son Jonathan says, Dad, I don't get it. I don't get this math. You say, Jonathan, you don't get it yet. So by adding yet, it's, I know that you're frustrated now, you're stressed out now, there's anxiety now, but, but repetition, we're going to keep moving. You're, you're, you're having them reach for the positives. Four, you want to make sure that by the end of the day, there's creativity in the McCullough household. Because creativity is a great de-stressor. So what do I mean by that? By the end of the day, ask yourselves, did my kids, did they write a short story? Did they sing? Did they dance in the living room? Paint? Do some woodworking? There should be some kind of creative activity that occurred with your children and even with yourself and your wife, the missus, by the end of the day. Five, use your hands. People who knit and crochet, Kevin, report a heck of a lot less stress. Uh, that's why... You know, I, I, I know that when I'm, when I'm feeling stressed, I immediately find myself doing housework because it's, it's very de-stressing because I'm using my hands. So you want to teach your kids, whether it's cooking, Lego building, robotics, helping dad paint a fence, petting the dog. Anything with your hands is going to bring down the stress level. Number six, talking to someone. That brings down stress. Now, that sounds easy enough, but the important po point here is that with children, Talking to them in the right way is what works. And that means not looking at them in the eye the way you would with an adult. When you're with an adult, you want them to look at you. You feel you're being seen and heard. Children often do a heck of a lot better if it's side by side. If you're engaged in an activity, driving in the car, raking the leaves, that's when kids feel more comfortable kind of letting go and telling you how, how they're feeling. So you have to do it in the in the child's way as opposed to the way two adults would do it. Seven, try to reduce uh, stress. Try and keep the schedule simple or try and keep the schedule busy. What do I mean that, by that? So you have to know your kids. For one kid, they need the, the, 
the schedule to be reduced and simple. For the other kids, the more activities, the better. Number eight, allow choices in your house. When kids feel they have choices, they feel have, they have control over their environment. And sometimes kids are stressed out because they feel they don't have enough control over their environment. So you might say to your kids, you want to go to sleep at 9 o'clock or 9.10? Do you want pizza or do you want spaghetti? But whenever you can, build in choices, even though you know the choices really, you know, are not that very different. 9 or 9.15 is not different. But to a younger child, that might seem like a really big difference. And number nine, in the end, find, find humor everywhere you can during the day. Because humor reduces stress, whether it's telling a joke, uh, finding the silliness in events, watching a silly movie together. Great website, Kevin. It's handling stress slash coping skills for kids.com. CopingSkillsForKids.com, great website uh, where there's more information and some of these tips came from. Your thoughts? Well, I think that um, all of these make sense on so many different levels. And I will say that if you have kids that are already creatively wired, that that getting them to do something creative every day really is uh, important. Um, so I think that the idea of aiming for one little creative thing that they can express themselves in some fashion, you know, before the end of the day, I think that I've, I've never heard that one, but I think that one makes a lot of sense. And I really love what you said about talking to kids side by side. I know that that's really true for mine. Um, when they are sitting in the, um, front seat of the car with me and they're all, they're all tall enough and old enough to be able to do that. They love sitting in that, uh, in that chair next to mine because they, they, just start yapping. They just literally launch into conversations. Whoever's in the front seat gets to talk to dad, and I think that's become kind of one of their favorite things. So um, good stuff, Shelly. I look forward to more in the weeks to come. Thank you for your effort with us today. Thank you, Kevin. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Don't go away. This is Greg Floyd, president of Teamsters Local 237. Join me for Reaching Out. We'll talk about the issues that matter the most to working families, union members, and everyone who cares about the future. On the next Reaching Out, Greg welcomes back CEO of Women in Need, former city council speaker Christine Quinn, to discuss the issues of homelessness in New York City. Saturday at 4.30 on AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission, WMCA. Kevin Cottrell, we're talking with Dan Buttafuoco of Buttafuoco and Associates. And I know you personally as a Christian, a person of faith, Buttafuoco and Associates won't settle for what's good for you and the firm. You're focused on serving the client. We always settle cases which are based on what's best for the client. There are many lawyers out there who will settle a large personal injury case because they need to make payroll. But we <laughs> will not do that. We will only settle a case if it's right for the client. And we're very sensitive to the needs of the client. And we understand that this is a one and only opportunity for them to make good on the injuries that they've sustained and to move forward with their lives. And so it's very important that they get the maximum amount that they are entitled to from this personal injury litigation, whether it be malpractice or product liability or just a routine car accident. Call the offices of Butterfuco and Associates at 800-669-4878 and have them evaluate your case. That's 800-669-4878, 800-NOW-HURT, 800-NOW-HURT. We are proud, proud to serve, to serve our country, to serve our local communities, to wear the uniform, to be a soldier, to serve abroad when and where duty calls. We are ready to stand with our brothers and sisters to defend, to serve, to fight. We are always ready. We are always there. We are the New York Army National Guard. Sponsored by the New York Army National Guard. AM570, the mission doesn't have to stop when you turn off the radio. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Download the app. Just search AM570, the mission. Take us wherever you go. AM570, the mission. WMCA. What you need to know when you need it. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. Okay, you've heard my thoughts on exactly what um, 
Well, you've heard some of my thoughts about what happened last night uh, in my conversation with uh, Kelsey Bowler as it pertains to the debate uh, and what we saw. I, I, I really do have very strong feelings about this. So strong that I think I want to come back to them to close out the show here because if if any of these people that were on the stage are going to be considered for the top job, for the job of president, they are going to have to put forward a more serious case than they have in the first two debates. And the first two debates have been just awful. Uh, they, they've really, it's just been embarrassing to see uh, how ill-prepared, a little bit out of touch, and um, just not ready for prime time that any of them are. And I know that, that former Vice President Pence wants everyone to consider his multiple levels of service from Congress to governor to vice president, um, but he's polling around 4%. Uh, in some places, he's slightly better, almost 7%. You know, Nikki Haley came out of the first debate as the former governor of South Carolina, she's she's improved her standing considerably. And I think after last night, she took it up maybe one more notch. But she's the only one out of that group that I think at this moment would even be considered for uh, the, the, the vice president uh, position. I think Ron DeSantis would be a good vice president, and I think he could deserve to be asked. I don't know if the acrimony between he and former President Trump are is actually compatible. Uh, but politics has short memory. People forgive each other and they move on. Uh, we will see what happens. I, I do know this. I am concerned, and I said this in my discussion with Kelsey earlier. I'm concerned that we are not spending enough time talking about both issues that matter and issues that would drive people to the polls. We We have to talk about parental rights more. We have to talk about the left's determination to get your child, to reprogram your child, to keep your child from uh, being able to come under your influence if your influence uh, differs with what the left wants to see happen. The entire issue of, of transitioning kids, uh, it's very Marxist in its uh, roots. This is how the Soviet Union uh, dealt with families. They, they divided children from parent sometimes spouse from spouse they didn't see the value in the family unit we we always have as a nation and i think that's one of the reasons why uh, we've enjoyed god's blessing on some level we followed his model for family and on that level it made sense and we grew and prospered but we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have more discussions about kitchen table stuff. That is the economy, that is national security, but it is also uh, the condition of our families and what we can do to strengthen those. I think there's a lot more that needs to be set up. All right, Kevin McCullough, have a great one. We'll be back tomorrow.